Hello and welcome to a Board Games Ireland podcast. We haven't had a full proper one in some time because we did a, we did one a while ago and then we did the, just this sort of BigEcon special and now it's time for this one. Was the BigEcon special not a full proper one well, then? I guess, well, I didn't. I sat in the studio for a tiny bit and just record, I had to record a link into the bits that recorded at the... Yeah, but I worked. I worked. For, I talked for hours. <laughs> I think it sounded quite good. Um, it, it came together quite nicely. So it's probably something we should we think of. I should bring a microphone maybe to more of the just regular meetups, and uh, just record people's impressions of stuff or whatever they're playing. I think it's it, true. Yeah. It's something we should think about making more podcasts that actually sort of come together quite nicely and sound good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, that's the way to go forward. But, in no, but not not today. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is going to sound horrible. This is going to be a shambles. <laughs> uh, it and it's our uh, essentially our fifth anniversary spectacular. Um, Board Games Ireland is uh, sort of five years old this month. Uh, I say sort of because I set up the website boardgamesireland.com um, six years ago, but and had one or two sort of little meetups here and there during that year. But the actual sort of first regular weekly meetups that are we can trace a direct family line <laughs> all the way back ancestrally back yes. five years is to uh november uh five years ago november 12th yeah i think yeah it was november 12th uh yeah and it only really picked up steam around where whatever it was more than four people that i already knew turning up around november 26th so that's when it and then it just like ballooned out of there we very quickly filled the little tea shop oolong I was talking with the idea of doing a little tiny meetup in Oolong, but apparently they closed down earlier this year. Did they? It was a real shame because that was a great tea shop. And they had little bells on the tables. Did they? Yes. Okay. So you could press the bell and someone from upstairs would come downstairs. Okay. I mean, you didn't have to order anything. You yeah. just press the bell. They, they get really annoyed. <laughs> Even when you're lonely. Yeah. Uh, it's the same when you're in hospital and want more morphine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that that's not that bell doesn't it was great. It you was just great. imagined that bell yeah. doesn't exist it's great because uh, and I, I did really nice coffee for a tea shop as well <laughs> it was nice it was a nice place but obviously not nice enough yeah I don't know it always seemed crowded when I was there but I guess you have too much of just people to sit there hugging one cup of tea for the for 12 hours <laughs> so yeah coffee shops have to get onto that yeah uh, 15 minute slots that's what I always say yeah uh, you just have to keep drinking more tea or <laughs> Uh, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, five years didn't really do anything special about it, but um, I don't know. Didn't do anything special about it at all, <laughs> yeah, yeah. apart from this. Yeah, I mentioned it. I mentioned a sort it, of yeah. vague possibility uh, of it actually uh, happening. Maybe I'll buy a cake or something. I don't know. You did throw in the word spectacular, <laughs> so I think um, cake is on the at least to make it spectacular. Yeah. Cake is required. Uh, but there is a um, there is a there is a Christmas brunch being organised, so we can sort of tied into that so that's early December and uh, oh. details are up on the meetup already so I'll post the details in the post to this because I do not have them to hand at the moment I don't know anything about them yeah yeah it's well uh, uh, Gabriella has been organizing this and she uh, organizes all of our sort of more social events and things like that like the Halloween party and okay. things like that so uh, and also yeah the bake-off things which always go very well so uh, uh, so it's just a matter of uh, checking out the meetup and I will link to it in this uh, I've been very busy this week so I haven't been able to keep an eye things or organize a anniversary special so so yeah yeah so lots of stuff coming up um in uh, over to christmas uh, although one thing i should say is may because yeah even like this tuesday it was starting to get a bit crowded in alfie burns on the tuesday evening we right may, i th- may have to like ease off on those the tuesday evening meetups on for for december for christmas for december uh, yeah, yeah. i hate people coming along for the first time and that's their introduction to it and it's just that's true bar and uh, i'll tell you what i'll do i'll do i'm gonna draw a little flag on the microphone just one sec 
that will sound horrible if someone's listening. Uh, there you go. That's a flag okay. drawn on the microphone. That's a spectacular. That's our <laughs> that's our anniversary marked. Okay. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Um, so that's yeah fifth anniversary. So what have you been playing recently, Frank? Oh, we should introduce ourselves as well. Actually, I'm Gavin, the uh, founder of Board Games Ireland, and you are Frank. I'm Frank, the follower. So, someone who turned up maybe in the second wave, third wave of members. <laughs> I don't know which wave I was in. I just sort of shambled in one day asking. You were, you were still, uh, yeah, we were still in um, uh, Thomas Reed's. We were in Thomas uh, Reed's. Yes, yes, which I, no longer exists either. I was shuffling about looking for food, asking for sandwiches, and you just kindly took me in. Actually, all the places we held meetups, because we held out meetups in Oolong, and then after Oolong, we went to the exchange. The exchange got shut down the next day. Uh, then we went to Thomas Reed's, which is now also Here gone. you go, the curse so of the meetups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alfie Burns. Don't. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, yeah, so what, what, what have you been playing recently? Um, there's a couple of things I want to mention. Um, I think I'll start with um, movable type. Okay. Because um, it's not so much that I've been, I've been playing it a lot, and... Um, Movable type was um, so Robin David uh, designed this game. Who we've had on the podcast before. We've had him on the podcast before. I think he may have been talking about this. Yeah, yeah. Game. I think it was when it was at Kickstarter. I was, uh, and it was. Um, he was always going around, and he was going like he'd always be like poking at us and going, "Please play my game." And then nobody would. And then he did this thing at Pitigicon, mm-hmm. um where he sort of gave them away as prizes. He had a tournament to give them away as prizes, and that's where. I, I got my... Well, no, he kind of gave me a second edition. I had the first edition, but I'd never actually played it. Then I saw the second edition, and I played it, and I really, really liked it. Um, and I like it because it's about words. And um, you, you've got cards with letters and cards on the table, and you make words um, out of those cards. And I like making words out of cards um, because cause you can make really interesting words, all kinds of words. Um, sometimes you can make rude words and sometimes you can make non-rude words but that's basically what um, what I like about it so now everybody's playing it um, yeah, after yeah, I that, it at the meetup took off, people bringing it in all the time and every time you play it um, really enjoy it um, so yeah I just thought I'd give that a mention yeah I have actually yet to play it so uh, if so, anyone maybe next meetup if you see me <laughs> played, yeah. played, played with me someone uh, so was, uh, yeah I need to get it because I'm, 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 I am I'm like words I used to like that Alpha Bear game remember yes yeah. I got really hooked on that yeah, I was until re- it got too difficult <laughs> then it got impossible yeah it just got impossible you couldn't do those words in like 30 seconds yeah yeah it was the time yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of words I'm not a, that big a fan of being stressed out by like <laughs> make words in 30 seconds <laughs> and you could make Alpha Bear say really rude things or odd things like I love balalaika fluids yes and then you could take a picture of of Alpha Bear, yeah, just saying that, yeah, and send it to all your friends. Oh yeah, it's genius, yeah, yeah, because that's what that's what other people go. What's that weird game you're playing? <laughs> where, where you're making bears say horrible things, or they uh, just never yeah, talk yeah, to you again, yeah, yeah. Well, one or the other. But that seemed to be the, the gateway to get people involved uh, on that game. Yeah, it kind of yeah, it was kind of very compelling, kind of like Pokemon Go. Everyone was playing it for <laughs> about for, a month yeah, and then, for yeah. a bit. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, one we've been playing, both been playing. Um, uh, is uh, one detective. I picked up recently, yeah, Detective Modern Crime, uh, which is yeah, it's it's a very impressive game. Um, along the similar line as stuff like Sherlock Holmes, Consulting Detective, but now you've got a computer. Yeah, it's, it's more twenty first century. That's one of the things I like about it. It's is it, you've got these scenarios and you've got to work things out, but you can use Google and it plays clips. 
Um, and the great thing about that is it makes the game feel kind of um, limitless, even though that's sort of an illusion because you, you sort of have to Google like murdery things. Mm-hmm. You can't just Google kittens. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it, it, it makes you feel like you really are like doing proper detective work rather than because a lot of we have to be careful not to like we can't say too much without spoiling it because yeah there are only a certain amount of cases in it that are very specific but you will sort of need to like google real world events and yeah and locations as well so google maps comes in very useful as well so you really figure out you're trying to fine tune things figure out you're reading up on like uh, uh, things in wor- World War Two, uh, different military battalions and things like that to give mm. you clues as to what you should be trying to do. And but in addition to just that, just regular Google, um, there's uh, it. Ha- it comes with its own sort of crime database. Yeah, uh, called the Antares system. And again, I know most people sort of roll their eyes when they hear about, oh, it's a board game, but it's got an app. Because uh, most cases, that integration is not very good. But I think it really works here because, yeah, it is. You just have your little laptop. I have a little Chromebook set up. so I, uh, And you just type in, like, when you find evidence, you enter the evidence number. Yeah. And then you can cross-reference that evidence against DNA samples and things like that and make conclusions. And Yeah, it's quite, it feels quite realistic and a kind of um, rather violent CSI sort of manner yes and that's or, one or of the, de- Detective Nickus sorry Detective Nickus he goes to different cities and solves crimes what's that Detective Nickus yeah you said that yeah. three yeah, times yeah, yeah, that's the name I don't know sh- what that is that's the name of the show Nickus sometimes he's LA sometimes he's New York Detective Nick Nickus Nickus yeah N-C-I-S it's spelled oh now I got it sorry that was a Bojack Horseman yeah, it's <laughs> uh, a reference. Yeah. It's a reference. I have to write that down now. I'm just going to write down this reference. Gavin can keep talking. But uh, yes, so um, uh, yeah, it, but the database also has like little profiles of people. So all your different suspects and people involved in the case, it has little bios of them, and you can try to start drawing conclusions between them and like check their date of death against police records and things like that. There is one downside to this, um, which is is. The difficulty, the it's campaign driven, so that the individual cases sort of form a campaign, and there's a bit of a difficulty for any player starting in the middle of the campaigns, because that means um, a lot of explanation about um, sort of murdery events, and doing that can feel like listening to like if you've been in prison for like ten years and you suddenly come out and you have to listen to half an hour of intense CNN. Um, you sort of think you understand it, but you probably don't. And then it makes it quite difficult to sort of jump in and play at that point. Much, I think, less so than just playing from the beginning. So I think it's more of a campaign game in that way rather than an introduction Yeah, game. yeah, it's hard to jump in and out. Luckily, we've been able to keep mostly the same core of people uh, <laughs> throughout. So we'll probably be finishing the final case tomorrow if we have time. Uh, it does take quite a long time to play as well. So it's like... Yeah, it so depends. Of, it depends on the case, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they, they, the ones that... Yeah, some can take like four hours or so. Um, the one... Yeah, there was one that had a very strict sort of time limit on it. But again, can't go into too many details on it. No. Um I was going to mention another downside, but it's hard to do so without. Oh, I should also mention, yeah, it's uh, the main mechanism of the game is in uh, is it's like a bunch of index cards. 
So you um you'll read a card and it'll say you can either almost like choose your own adventure. Uh, you can spend two hours going to do this or yeah. two years into that, and that'll tell you to go to a specific card in the deck. Uh, sometimes it will be like, oh, you interviewed this suspect, and then you like type in a code into the um the database, and it pulls up the transcript yeah. of that interview, and so that's how you get the information. But yeah, so there's a little deck of cards for each case. But it is possible for your choices to say accidentally kill people in horrible ways and um that's kind of a strange feeling in the game because you sort of think it's quite intense and realistic and you sort of think well it's only a game but then part of you thinks well maybe if i was in that situation i would be the kind of person who accidentally kills people in horrible ways you're never quite sure yeah you can never be too sure uh, you could be doing that any day any given day uh so, uh, yeah, so that's Detective Modern Crime. I'd definitely recommend it. Uh, they've just recently announced a uh, expansion, uh, oh. which is set in L.A. in the 80s. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. I don't what know how it? the the database is going to work. If you don't have a Commodore 64, you're going to have to type into it. It looks like To Live and Die in L.A. It looks like, reminds me of that, yeah. the cover. It's got that font. That, yeah. yeah. Uh, crime-ridden L.A. font. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another one that we both played as well, was, which I believe was like a big hit at Essen, um, is Rayholt. Rayholt? Uh, it's Icelandic. Icelandic. Team, Icelandic themed sort of Euro game. Um, I quite liked it. Um, if any, Yeah, I liked it. If anyone had said to me, um, it's an Icelandic themed Euro game, mostly about growing vegetables, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have been too... Well, eating them as well. I guess you are eating them. You're harvesting them, aren't you? You're harvesting them and putting them on the table, and because that's it, you're trying to move around the table. So it's a big sort of track of tables. Oh, that's a, that was and a table. Okay. Th- yeah, those are tables. So you're uh. putting at the feasts uh, on the table, and yeah, you have to get little greenhouses, and the different greenhouses can grow different quantities and different yeah. types of uh, of vegetable. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, and it's like again, your place, it's worker placement as well to a degree because you're placing your tokens on these yeah. different boxes and each different box has different ability and there's only so many type of actions you can take each turn if someone else has already taken that action you can't take it yeah. so you have to go for one of the sort of similar ones and um, and there was an interesting thing about the order of play that if you place one at some point somebody else goes first I can't remember how that works yeah because it's it's almost like uh, yeah you know like the little dicks it rabbits around the, the yeah. corner of the box so you're jumping over to the players and, a con- and again similar to like um, uh, Lords of Vegas there's like break points Mm-hmm. on the on yeah, the score right. so you have to get it's harder you get need to get more and more vegetables of more and more types uh to keep progressing around the track because if you don't you just kind of get stuck um you get one free movement at yeah. some point on your turn so it can either be at the beginning or the end That's of your right. turn which was a really nice little mechanic as well yeah. just yeah it felt really good i liked it a, i liked it a lot and just there was so many possibilities exactly. each turn a, of what you could do and it's a simple mechanic it's easy to learn the pieces are are quite tactile and and they, they they're fun although they i didn't like that this kind of like i did you t- okay you did i know you. i didn't. should describe it yeah uh there's like little wooden crates that are made of like four slices of cardboard and sort of slot into each other but they're just that little bit too small and trying to pick out this wooden small wooden pieces from the box you sort of have to dip in directly vertically from above in order to pick them out it wasn't a problem for you because you were sitting next to them if you're at the other end of the table and trying to lower your hand in vertically like a claw machine to pull out these vegetables it's really awkward and i just found just like leaving them in a pile on the table was just far more accessible rather Uh, than a cutesy little uh, crate for no, each vegetable. I disagree. I, I found reaching into it 
with my hand like that, like a little claw machine, to be fun yeah. and to be part of the game. And, and putting them in a pile on the table just felt a bit like cheating in a way. It's uh, like, you know, it's like not washing your clothes for a uh, week. I don't know. We're trying to reduce packaging on vegetables, so... <laughs> Uh, it's all the rage now. You go into your Aldi and it's just vegetables all over, the, flo- all over the floor. <laughs> Every time you win a piece of vegetable, you have to put it in a little bit of shrink wrap <laughs> and stick a label on it. That'd be even more fun. Uh, but yeah, yeah. No, no, that really nice little game, Ray Colt. Uh, another game we played that had sort of came out of Essen was Blackout Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you would describe this game. I suppose it's, it is sort of worker place from the game as well, isn't it? I can describe uh, it in one sentence. Um, it... <laughs> It took a long time to learn. It was very involved. There were lots of mechanics, and I can't remember a single thing about it. Yes, yeah. that, that, <laughs> that to me is not the mark of a good game. I I remember playing it. I remember learning it, and I remember getting into it. And then I just completely forget pretty much anything that happened in the game. There was none of those moments where you, you like have a story and it generates, and everyone around the table goes, "Oh wow! If you'd done that, I did this." It was just like. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like going through mechanical motions and it was called Blackout Hong Kong, but it might have been like all the lights on in Paris. It didn't really matter. Yeah, the concept is is a massive black. Oh, yeah, it's blackout. It's like the year 2020 or something for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why it couldn't be set in 2018. (laughs) As if it's radically different Hong Kong in two years. Yeah, there was no future. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, it's a massive blackout and we're trying to get the power back on but we're being really competitive about it for some reason <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe there's a bonus in it for if we put on more lights than everyone else it's like yeah to get to get all the glory um yeah so it, yeah yeah you're basically just uh yeah you're placing cards it's it, yeah it is quite complicated i'm trying to even think of how i would even begin to describe it without sounding really boring <laughs> i just don't remember any of it yeah i mean even if it was like turning the lights on hong kong if you had a mechanic where you like flip over tiles and things turned light because mm-hmm. the board is quite dark, so you actually see light spreading yeah. across the board. In well, some yeah, way. Look, look at a game. Look at a game. I know it's not quite the same thing, but look at a game like Power Grid. The, the, there's yeah, satisfying yeah, yeah, fun exactly. mechanics, whereas this did not feel fun at any point. And yeah, because your first time playing it, you're not having got quite a grip on it. But it's one of those games where you really need to know what your strategy is from the get go. Yeah, I think I remember that now. And yes. so, yeah, it, there's not much room for improvisation. And um, yeah, yeah. So, so once you get to a point where, yeah, you've kind of screwed yourself over at the beginning, like, like just something that's crucial where you start is crucially important, which you don't quite realize at first because then you realize, like, oh wait, I want to yeah. link <laughs> to this color and this color, but there's none of them nearby. So yeah. now every time I want to place another piece, I have to spend extra resources because I have to skip locations and yeah if I'd realised that at the beginning uh, I probably would have placed differently and there's nothing more fun in a board game than two hours in realising I should have done this and there's another two hours to go (laughs) to pay for your mistake Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it just I, I don't know. I didn't enjoy it, but I can see how there's a certain type of person who would probably really enjoy that. Like, I don't know that level of complexity and applying that complexity. I can uh, see how there could be a person who would enjoy. It. Yes, <laughs> just one person. I'm not going to rule not, that out. <laughs> uh, just one person. So I'm not sure who they would play it with. But <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's uh, Hong Kong blackout or blackout Hong Kong. So obviously there it's blackout colon. Hong Kong. I don't remember. So, I don't remember anything. Hardly anything. Well, about it, leaves, it. it leaves room for sequels set in other cities. Where, yes, blackout places. Tiresome blackouts can occur. <laughs> uh, I don't know, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really been playing too much else new recently. Um, uh, I got to play Cosmic Encounter this week, which is always a, a huge amount of fun. Yeah, I love Cosmic um, Encounter because it's got that thing that everybody hates on um, 
on Board Game Geek, which is randomness, but it makes randomness fun. Yeah, yeah, because it's up to the uh, it's up to the players to balance the game by like. So if someone does seem overpowered in that game, it's up to the players to, to like fucking, attack them to, back. Yeah, 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 to like. Um, yeah, because yeah, it's it's unbalanced, and it's but the fun of that game, like I lost with zero. I didn't have a single point at the end of that game, <laughs> but still at the time of my life, just because I was just just through negotiation and de- wheeling and dealing and doing stuff like that, uh, it was a lot of fun. So just to explain basically the rules of Cosmic Encounter, it's just a a game of sort of uh, uh, galactic conquest. Uh, you are uh, an alien race and you have specific powers on your alien race and every player around the table is a different alien race with different powers and then you just take turns trying to get invade other players planets yes and you win the game by having five foreign colonies uh, anywhere on the table yes um, what makes it really interesting is because I've got like four expansions in it so I must have like over like 200 different alien races and so it's never really the same game twice it's always a really interesting combination of different powers and stuff and like this was a weird one as well because I had the race called the sadists who um, they have an extra win mechanic so they don't have to win by the five points they can also win by if every other race has eight ships in the warp so when you lose ships, they go to this thing called the warp. They're not really destroyed, but you can get them back. There's ways to get them okay, back. Okay, so because they just they just get off on other people's ships. And so yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it was really good because another player was um, I can't remember what the name of the race was, but they were able to. I think they were a saboteur. They were able to plant bombs on different planets. Okay. So whenever there was a successful invasion, if there was a bomb on that planet, they could detonate the bomb. Yeah. Once the ships landed, and any ships that landed were just destroyed. So this that is... worked great for me because it meant lots of ships were getting sent to the warp. So I was encouraging. The use of that power a lot and that's another great thing about about um this game apart from the randomness is this there's so many it's so imaginative there's so many inventive races and they all do different things and it's always surprising and if you've got like every single expansion which gavin does you've got like oh i'm one shirt oh okay almost every single <laughs> expansion except for um one which if anybody would like to kindly um, <laughs> point in our direction it's um you just got this massive stack of, of races that you can play with, of alien races. So every game is is um, bizarrely different and you can play like like tens or twenty games and come across new um, inventive ideas and races in each one. Uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, humans are in there as well. I, oh, really? I can't remember what their power is though. They're actually it's just a card for humans. Deforestation, <laughs> climate change, being horrible, spreading like a virus. I don't know. Something like uh, that. But uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, the reason why my strategy though didn't work in the game the other night was because yeah, um, Paul was uh, a race that he could like take. A sh- whenever someone took a ship, he was able to take a ship, so he was able to keep his number of ships oh, yeah. quite low on the warp. But towards the end, uh, there is a mechanism that let a card that you can play to release all the ships yeah, from the warp. Another one. It's yeah. called the Mobius tubes, and I happened to end up with both the two cards in the entire deck <laughs> in my hand. Uh, so I was the worst person to have them. So yeah, it really was punishing for everyone. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, always great fun. And um, they are, I think, it's, is it this year? Uh, it's it's 42nd anniversary this year. It's 40 actually seconds. yeah, it's actually a really old game. I know, I keep forgetting uh, that. So yeah, they're bringing out because 42nd and the t- 42 and the tie-in with like Hitchhiker's Galaxy, they're doing a uh, new 42nd edition. So it's like almost it's like as old as the Clangers. It's probably yes. around the same time as the Clangers. It <laughs> yeah, yeah, may yeah, well have 60s. even been influenced by the Clangers. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, there's a new edition of that game coming out, but I don't know, I don't know how different it's going to be. Uh, uh, I'm certainly not going to sell my one. <laughs> uh, I think a Clangers board game would be good. They should license mm. a Clangers board game. Yeah. Um, the only thing I can think of is that you have to make the noises oh, yeah. while you're playing. 
But other than that, I can't think of anything about it. But then again, I don't have to because I just had the idea now. I always liked in there was an old episode of Doctor Who where um, the master is like kept prisoner uh, mm. on Earth by unit. And he uh, is watching TV and he's the clangers is on and he's absolutely fascinated by it. Huh. And I think then but then they did it. I think they had him being fascinated by the Teletubbies then in, uh, in one of the more modern Doctor Who episodes. I think they did. I seem to remember <laughs> so, that. So I always felt that was a reference to him being fascinated by the yeah. Clangers back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's Cosmic Encounter. Oh yeah, other than that, I did play uh, another uh, VHS uh, board game. Uh, the Star Wars one this time. I know you've played the Star, Star Trek one before. Yeah. I think the Star Wars one is much better. It does uh, be. It's a lot. Yeah, no, the Star Wars one has, yeah, it's Darth Vader shouting at you. Oh, so yeah. you're like, rebels have sneaked on board Death Star and you need to blow up the Death Star. Right. Um, I, and again, we're being really competitive about it. <laughs> yeah. We each want to be the one who blows up the Death Star. It's not really. <laughs> uh, um, and that said, we know we have all of the plant bombs in different places around the Death Star and it's got kind of like a little sort of 3D model as well. It's not exactly Death Star shaped, but there's big plastic chunk and you have to go up levels and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but what's interesting in it is as the game goes on, you'll start getting like dark side points. Mm-hmm. And at some point in the game, one player is going to turn to the dark side okay. and become an apprentice of Darth Vader. Right. And then it's up to them to stop the other players from That's achieving good. it. It was very difficult. I mean, I was close to the end, but yeah, I just kept getting uh, hit by the apprentice, kept hitting me, sending me back down because uh, you have to essentially play rock, paper, scissors with the apprentice. Okay. That's how the j- lightsaber jewels work. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, lots of little fun mechanics in it. It's uh, very, very stressful and you have little droids as well so in addition to your figure you're also moving droids and they have to go into little terminals and unlock right. uh, things so there's a lot more going on than in the Star Trek one right. it's still fairly basic like roll and move type stuff but yeah just a bit more interesting uh, yeah no I enjoyed it I definitely okay. would play it again uh, as video board games go uh, yeah. I have an Indiana Jones DVD uh, board game that I've yet to play so oh, I, cool. I need to get that, that at some yeah, point I'd like to get that a go <laughs> So uh, I think we can move on to our your controversy corner. Um, it's not a controversy corner for me okay. this week. I think you have the corner. Of the well, yeah, I was going to mention because this made the news this week uh, is uh, and it's like legitimately I found out about this board game controversy because I have like Google Alerts set up. So it made the Irish Times a board game controversy. As Google, contra- <laughs> uh, Google specifically alerts you about board game. I, well, the words board games and or, uh, board games in Ireland uh, uh, I will give me a Google alert. But there are always controversies in board games in Ireland. Yeah, well, it's usually like, oh, the chairman of the Olympic Games board. Ah, <laughs> yeah. So it's usually a lot of that's rarely, rarely about actual board Artificial games. Artificial intelligence up. in action. <laughs> Machines will take over. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's that, the, yeah, the new Dublin edition of Monopoly. Apparently certain businesses were being paying to be uh, on the on the board. Um so, uh, yeah, including such places as, uh, well, I should, should I be giving them more advertising? Well, let's just say a salad, yeah, I've seen a your... salad chain uh, of, it's a chain of salad restaurants and a uh, international school that I've never heard of uh, is featured as a major Dublin landmark on the board because they paid money. Uh, to to the company but the thing is here yeah again I guess I have no real problem with that I mean it's a game about capitalism and if people want to pay to be on there yeah uh, it's, that's that's it's sort of in keeping with the team but what's the issue is it's not um it's not it, it should be strictly listed that this is sponsored content and they can get around that because the advertising um standards authority doesn't uh, in place uh, rules across stuff like that so well probably for so, a good reason yeah. because you know 
I mean, I might play Monopoly and then somehow start having a yearning for a nice, tasty, delicious salad. Well, it gets makes you but aware of the name. I mean, they don't people don't spend money on marketing if it doesn't work. Uh, uh, I'm just wondering what the impact would really yeah. be. I maybe, mean, it's, maybe yeah, it's, I mean, this is, yeah, that's the thing. This game is going to be on... Everyone on, suddenly buys on, salads on, around Christmas time. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe if you weren't aware of this chain of salad shops. <laughs> uh, you okay, I'm trying to imagine being the kind of person <laughs> who plays Monopoly and yet is not aware of salad of salad shops around Dublin. That would be someone, you stay indoors all day, you know nothing about salads, you never think about salads, you never go out, you never see these shops. Then you get Monopoly one day, you suddenly start playing Monopoly, you love Monopoly, and there they are, salad shops. What a revelation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. but I, I don't know. It's, I think they do need to be upfront about it because yeah, that sort of product placement does tend to be monitored in other mediums, uh, so why not in board games? Oh, I, I agree. I can see it just being a bigger issue in future. Uh like Sherlock Holmes will be smoking Pacific name brand uh, <laughs> opium <laughs> or he'll be vaping it. <laughs> okay, so you have a controversy you would like to share as well, yes? i got a couple of things I'd like to share. Um, I've got a pet peeve, um, which I'll talk about first. So this is a pet peeve of mine um, mm-hmm. and it's a peeve I kind of nurtured over the weeks and um, have been thinking about uh, for some time. Um, and it's a new phenomenon I've discovered in um, in the world of board gaming. So um, I've decided to name it after myself. You know, like people do with mountains when you see a new mountain and you sort of go, what do I call that? You, you can't think of anything, so you just call it your name. So this phenomenon is called um, avocadism. And um, avocadism is when someone who knows a game really, really well um, is playing with other people who've never played it before and they're the only one who knows it really well. So they kind of rush the explanation of the rules to the others who don't know the game and then goes on to win the game and not just win it, but absolutely flatten all the other players. Um, I think possibly people in board gamers might recognise this phenomenon, which is new and entirely discovered by me. Um, I think it could be um, sort of half... Th- unthinkingly unintentional in some cases because when you know a game really really well it's actually very difficult to explain it to other people because you've forgotten what it's like not to know all the little low level rules you're thinking in terms of high level tactics so you tend to sort of brush over the things like how to win and why you shouldn't do that with the cards and you know why some dice rolls are more dangerous than others you tend to sort of fluff those and just go for um, the higher level rules. And also, in many cases, um, people who are playing a game they love, they just want to get on with playing the game. So the tendency just to rush through the rules and get playing with people who don't understand it can be a little stronger in those cases. But it may not be entirely unintentional. In some cases, it might be intentional. It might just be that somebody wants to play a game and just win it. And you know that... You can sort of sense that by the look of smugness on their face after they've won. There's a sense of if someone's just <laughs> if someone's just won and they've flattened all the other players and they've rushed the rules and they're really happy about it. That can happen. Um, and sometimes someone can win and they can be very apologetic. But it is a I think um, a a phenomenon and a new phenomenon. And I've discovered it and I'm calling it avocadism. 
and that's my yeah my pet peeve. I, I kind of um i don't know i know i kind of overcompensate in the other way because i if i'm explaining rules i will also like uh suggest like strategies like i'll say so generally early in the game most people go for this resource yes. or so i'm usually like i'm not just i'm also giving tips as well so that's whereas, but i find that's so true. so much of the time people just like explain rules and it's hard to understand those rules without context Yes. And so when you explain like what people should be doing and what you should be aiming for and yeah, that helps in games where, yeah, getting a bad first turn sort of ruins you for the whole game because that's just what one, yeah, one that's way true. step to making uh, a game very unenjoyable. So yeah, there's, although uh, uh, then I probably do overcompensate in that where I just keep suggesting strategies or explaining my own strategies <laughs> as I go. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but then it, but it almost comes like a sort of Babe Ruth then. It's like calling a shot before he hits the yeah. ball. It's like, oh yeah, so now I'm going to kill kill all your troops here. So you shouldn't attack me because if you do attack here, then you will lose them all because that's where I'm going to go. You do do that. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, you say things like, um, um, someone will go, okay, I'm going to attack all your troops. And you go, no, no, you shouldn't do that. I don't think you should do that. But nine times out of ten, everyone just goes, he couldn't possibly be just being helpful. He's playing a game. No, this is a double bluff. I'm going to extra attack his troops now. And then it all goes wrong and you always go, see, I did tell you not <laughs> yeah. to do that. Well, let's say I kind of turn every game into a negotiation game and think <laughs> I can wheel and deal out of every... Because I don't like conflict, you know? It's like, I mean, it's like, there is... There's always this... There, that's true. I don't know. It's the problem with board games, the conflict bit. Um, there's, um, I think it, there's problems with rules explanations in general obviously um you know there's things like over explaining there's things like just reading the manual so that becomes very boring very quickly people don't if they don't if people don't get an idea of why they're playing and what they're playing for and what's interesting about it if you're just hitting them with loads of rules which they're only going to remember the first five minutes of anyway you're not going to remember all of it so people will switch off but this is more a, a very specific thing i'm talking about it's literally when and it does happen quite a few times in the meetups when someone who knows a game well is explaining it to people who just don't know it at all and someone who really likes the game is explaining it to people who just don't know it at all it's that thing and that's it's an odd little phenomenon it's happened a couple of times with me and it's like you just get this it's just a weird little thing that you know oh you sort of like they knew the game really well but they didn't explain it really well and it's partly because of their enthusiasm for it it's partly because they're so wrapped up in it that that happens and of course they'll go on to win it there are yeah. there is the counter situation another phenomenon which I've just thought of which is very rare but is very satisfying which is when a completely new player absolutely wins against the player who knows yeah. the game really well that can happen every now and again but no I was thinking of this occasion where you know literally someone explains the game and then everyone just gets flat. Yeah, I think something that's really helpful in these situations is uh, games that have a rules reference in addition to the rule book. Yeah. Rule book's good to learn the game, but for someone who's new and hasn't quite, they want to double check a certain rule, if yeah. you just quickly look to it, because a lot of rule books are written in a weird way where it's like you have to follow step by step, to try, but trying to find that one step, it's like, what does this mean by this? But if I ask him, that'll give away what I have in my hand. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so that's a problem. So if, you, if more games had just rules reference, the person could quickly just go to the glossary, find the page, which sure. just, that just pertains to that one thing. And I don't think enough games have that. And it's always really good when it, it is when you can just quickly point to that rules reference and find it uh, rather than having to sift through an entire rule book that has stuff in a weird non-linear way. And, yeah, uh, no, that's true. That's a good point. In general, rule books need to be better, I think. Yes. In general. <laughs> <laughs> and um, also, I think it's good to um, focus on the winning conditions. 
So to say your ultimate aim is to do this and then to sort of generally go through the mechanics of what you should be doing to get to that point. Mm-hmm. So the way to get these is to do this and, you know, uh, I don't know, get buy loads of carrots and then sell them for sheep. That way you get kind of an idea of what you're aiming at. Um, but that's it. That's my pet peeve. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, generally the best way to do it is, yeah, like, yeah, and again, because you need to handicap yourself because again, you're new, not new, you're the expert at the band, the person who's played before, the other people yeah. are new. So on your first two turns, you need to explain exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it. And that yeah. will also explain the mechanics and also what the forward thinking is. That's true. And also letting it. letting new players have a bit more leeway as well. Yeah, and it gives them a sort of a heads up and advantage on what you're yeah. going to do. So when they yeah. can prepare for it. But yeah, it's that will sort of balance things out as well. So there's no harm in doing that. Yep. Okay, so we have joining us in studio this week, uh, Lada from the uh, Wayward Sisters. And you are currently running a funded campaign uh, to raise money for your board game cafe that you're planning for Dublin. Yes, that's yeah. correct. Yeah, uh, that's it's great because uh, there is yeah, there, I think there is still very much an opening for a board game cafe in Dublin because there's there's a few things that sort of sort, sort of, of board games yeah, in them. not quite. Uh, They're sort of pubs that sort of <laughs> people so, left board so, games in. Uh, yeah, I assume you've noticed that this yeah, there's this opportunity for something like that. Uh, and so yeah you're hoping to get this fill that void yeah pretty much Uh, like it was we have so I'm doing this with my sister and uh, we have both pretty much always wanted to have a coffee shop and my sister started to work in uh, coffee a couple of years ago and uh, we both decided that now is the time to do it (laughs) and uh, what better way to do it than to put in some board games you know Mm -hmm. And fandom stuff and nerd stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, what sort of mechanism are you looking at running it in? Because I know there's so many different types of models you can sort of work with. <laughs> so like, yeah, you have ones that are like, yeah, you're charged by the minute, or uh, you pay like a fee to get at the door. So what's what's your sort of what's yeah. way of working it? You know? So we what we want to do, uh, we will definitely not charge by the minute. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a <laughs> little silly uh, but we will do passes mm-hmm. uh, that will give if you want to play you will come in uh, you get the pass and you will have access to the board games or uh, if you want to just uh, play I don't know uh, RPGs and sit there then you're definitely you can do that too but you will still uh, need to get the access and uh, we are planning to price it at uh, 450 right now mm-hmm. uh, which I think is I don't know we'll see how it goes but uh, it will be a, a fee for the one session. So if you come in and in the morning sit there and sit down there and want to stay there the whole day, okay. I don't think many people will do that. But if they do, <laughs> you might be surprised. Okay. <laughs> some of my best friends like to just go to coffee shops and sit in them and yeah, you know, that's um, fine. Do that all day. Oh, that's just fine. Frank, just watch if you're turning the, the mic. If I'm yeah, turning you, the mic. You need the mic to the, to That's the, why I didn't turn. Uh, you did. You, I know it's very <laughs> instinctual to turn to the person you're talking to. I didn't to. turn to the person I was talking to. I talked to the mic and then you went like, do that. <laughs> Listeners for... Oh, well, I thought, yeah. Well, I'll be putting this bit out. Listening, no, we're not going to cut this bit out. We should keep this bit in. Just so that everyone who's listening knows how difficult it is to make this podcast. Uh, unfortunately, you have to... Yeah, unfortunately, you have to look at me when you're talking to her. Aren't I? That's what I was doing. You were, but you then you did this movement. Weren't. Is, the movement he did was he sort of motioned towards Lada like this, like a sweeping movement. No, 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 that was a sweep as in like move your mic. 
Move right. my, I can't move my mic. Okay. It only goes that yeah, far. Well, then move your chair around so you're facing like this way. That oh, way I see. Well, then you should have done this. There's, there's, a, there's a series of movements. Like that, you can like move, move this way and like this way. <laughs> I'm moving my chair now, listener. That's yeah. That's a chair. That's if you're still there, you're probably not at this. <laughs> okay, point. now you can turn the mic a little towards you. And okay, this is good. Yeah, this is. That's much more comfortable. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, we're professionals here. <laughs> so, uh, so, okay, well, where were we? Okay. Keep that bit in. Uh, uh, it yeah, I will, I will and people will love it. Yeah, it's the, yeah, because that's why people listen to podcasts. They like it's not, that hasn't got that polished feel. So it feels more honest. Yeah. They just want us to watch us making mistakes. <laughs> listen to us make mistakes. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think no. I think that that is a good way of doing it because uh, yeah, if it's like a pass for today, so rather than like per pay per game. Yes, I agree. And I was just going to because that would punish someone. So someone could play Twilight Imperium for five hours, and someone could play of, Love Letter for of 10 course. <laughs> and it's also nice to just get you get your pass, and then you just know you can play games, and you yeah. don't have mm. to worry about it anymore. That said, just to um, just to clarify. There is a place in Dublin that charges by the minute, but they that's just their business. That's all they do. It's not like a board games place. They just charge by the minute. That's their thing, yeah. charging by the minute for whatever you want to do. Yeah, whether you even go there or not. It's like, yeah. you could be running up a bill right now. <laughs> then, just find your name and address. Oh shit, why did I spend so many minutes today? <laughs> but to be fair, they do charge you by the minute, but also you have access to some snacks and coffee and, exactly. and tea and yeah, yeah, free. Yeah. So. No, it is an interesting model as well. Yeah, And yeah, we do. We host regularly um, a little board game bake-up bake-off meetups there. So ah, we do nice. so everyone bakes something and brings it along. So uh, that's always good fun. Yes, yeah, uh, I agree. <laughs> and then you have yeah places like the Square Ball, uh, which has a huge, we went there once, has a huge board game library, but they but seem to think someone who is into games will be into sports, sports. as well. They combine sports with board games. Yeah, it's a small enough bar, but it probably has something like 27 large screens. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. So while they're both technically games, sports and board gaming, board gaming is quiet, focused and intent. Whereas sports is just loud on a 42-inch <laughs> screen te- television. Oh, yeah. They and, don't and then they felt, oh, that's not enough. Let's get some rotisserie chicken in there as well. Well, rotisserie chicken, <laughs> I don't mind. That, that, that can follow me anywhere. Yeah. I'm happy with rotisserie chicken. But they, yeah, there's a, a lot of that. So it's, yeah. Will there be rotisserie chicken in your coffee <laughs> Probably <shop>? not. <laughs> okay. Can't have everything. Uh, yeah, so um, you haven't quite pinned down a location yet, but you have got mm. sort of funding in place for uh, for for the, to, to, to open the coffee shop. So what your funded campaign is for just to stock the library? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so obviously we uh, we have uh, funding planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have it in place yet, but uh, this this campaign, the more uh, we're going to get, the, the easier it will be for us, obviously. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it generates interest and yeah, it shows what the interest is out there. Definitely. Uh, so do you want to talk through some of the tiers and rewards you have on this campaign? Sure. So um, we have 10 of them. Uh, the lowest is just uh, it. That's just a thank you. We don't have any rewards there, unfortunately. But the lowest tier with rewards is for twenty euro. You get five of the uh, passes to access the games. Um, the next one is thirty five, which uh, gives you uh, four of the passes and also a really pretty uh, limited edition super special <laughs> tote bag. Um, uh, the next tier. Uh, we will throw in a, a reusable coffee cup as well. Uh, what we're planning to do with coffee cups as well, uh, if you, I, I think it's, that's a great uh, thing that a lot of coffee shops in Dublin are beginning to do mm-hmm. is when you come in with your own cup, you will get a, you know, 
small, but a discount. So yeah. we definitely want to do that as well. And um, that tier is for 50 euro. Yeah, and there's some, yeah, there's some on here where you can have like a, a game dedicated oh, yes. in, in your name. And then, yeah. If you give us 200 euro, uh, you will we, we will tell you what your favorite game is. We will be we will make sure that the game is available in the coffee shop and uh, there will be a dedication to you on the board game. Cool. It's like if you go That's to good, it's isn't it? like an alcoholic in a bar who has like his own <laughs> bar stool with his name on yeah. it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you could have Twilight Imperium. That'd be Twilight Struggle. Twilight Struggle. That's the one. Yeah, would that be the one? If you were going for one, would it be Twilight? Of course Struggle? it would. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's my like, favorite game. Of and, course, you have the wooden special box edition one, yeah. in the in the in the gilded mahogany box. Oh, lovely. <laughs> with my name uh, etched in laser. Wow. Okay. Um, and a small portrait of me, just kind of smiling and mm. waving at the users. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, you can I think have, that would be sufficient. You have the lid of the box triggered so a message plays when, like, a, one of those yes, green cards. Yes, little message. <laughs> <thing. Wow. laughs> Welcome to Twilight Struggle. My own here, here, here is an hour-long explanation of the rules. <laughs> uh, I think that would be enough. Yeah. And, oh yeah, nice. and then you have like a crazy big one for uh, one thousand, which unlocks. So that is that the one renamed. So there's one that lets you name a drink, isn't it as well? And that's for hundred euro. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the thousand euro one that uh, will give you uh, lifetime access to our board games. So whenever you come in, you will always play for free, and uh, you will also get all the uh, all the swag from the previous tiers. So you're gonna get your board, uh, your tote bag, uh, your coffee cup, and. Um, you will get a coffee tasting session and a fencing workshop. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's fencing with swords, not yes. building no, yeah, fences. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. That's, that's historical fencing okay, with a Spanish just... rapier. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. No, no, it should be great because, uh, yeah, there is definitely an opening for a, a proper board game cafe in Dublin. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, I'd imagine. But yeah, so you're still trying to aim for like city center. Uh, Definitely. Yes, yeah, because yeah, that's the yeah, that's the issue. You really need to be quite central as well. So it's it's a hard Footfall. one to get that sweet sweet spot right. Footfall. Yeah. That's that and we want to be easily accessible uh -huh. as well. So I know in Belfast uh, there's a board board game cafe, but it's quite outside of the city center, uh -huh. and uh, it's great. People go there anyway. People, mm -hmm. you know, but we want to be we want to be in town, we want to make sure that it's easy to get to the coffee shop. Sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I know they get because the place in Cork is supposed to be quite good as well. There's, it's there's lovely. A little one in Tabletop Cork. Cork yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're great. Uh, some of the people from the group have been down to it. Said it's great. Oh, yeah, I didn't know there was and one. Then, then you have your Dungeons and Donuts in Galway. Oh, yes. yes. So it's crazy that all, the, all these. Yeah, everywhere except these, Dublin. <laughs> these blow-in cities have, yeah. have board game cafes in Dublin. These, these <laughs> provincial provinces, <laughs> places. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no. So yeah, really good luck with it. So, um, what are the details? So, if we people, I guess, can people. What's the easiest way for people to find you online? Uh, I I think if you just Google Wayward Sisters with, just don't do Wayward. Uh, it's Wayward with an O, like as a word. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think that's where I was going wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is that the name? Is Wayward Sisters the name of the cafe or is it just the name of like your group? It's going to be the coffee shop, Wayward Sisters Coffee. Okay. Yeah. And 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 why Wayward Sisters? So uh, the two of us are sisters. Okay. For starters. Mm -hmm. And also we're both really big fans of Supernatural, of the TV show. And uh, there's a, a group of women uh, on the show now that... Uh, 
fans have been calling Wayward Daughters, Wayward Sisters. There was um, almost a TV series called Wayward Sisters. Okay. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But uh, we wanted to take something away from there because the women on that show are a big inspiration for us. That's great. So it's, it's a reference. Yes, it <laughs> so is. So I yeah. see, because Gavin would tell you I don't get references. I don't understand any references. <laughs> well, this is a reference I didn't get. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's amazing. You, get, you know every <laughs> reference. Yeah. You didn't uh, get and, and, and I used to be a ghost hunter, so I, you think I'd, I'd you be think more familiar know. with that show. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You can add a reference to your reference collection, which I thought was already complete. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. So it yeah, it's Wayward uh, Sisters. So W O R D, and yeah, you can find it on Facebook, and it's on Fundit.ie as well. So uh, yeah. it's the, is where you're doing the funding campaign. So yeah, best of luck with that. Uh, looking forward Thanks to seeing much. that. I hope, I hope that all works out. Uh, yep. Do you have any other questions? Or? No, no. no I've, <laughs> that's everything I wanted to ask. Ever. Okay. I've never asked. I've no more questions I'll ever ask. None. Ever. Ever again. That's it. Okay. okay. Perfect. Uh, so yeah, you had another thing. I had another thing, um, and that's about okay. So the whole question of actually making podcasts about board games. Now, as the listener will know, um, you and me we make it look very difficult, but it's actually it's actually really there's great difficulties. I think in podcasting about board games, there's hurdles to overcome, like having your chair facing the microphone. Face, yeah, <laughs> like facing the wrong way. Who to look at? Technical stuff what, like what that. What my hand motions mean? You need to know all the hand motions. That's day one. You need yeah. to go to the handbook. All the semaphore. You need to translate. <laughs> what to talk into? Where to sit? Stuff like that. There's technical stuff. But then, the thing about it that struck me um, today when I was sort of thinking about this is there's you're kind of hobbled because. Some of the really appealing things about board games are the visual aspect, how they look, and engaging directly with other people in the game. Those two things are immediately removed from a podcast. Can't be done, unless it's a video podcast, but this kind of um, sound podcast can't be done. And then one of the least appealing things about board games, uh, two of the least appealing things, one is downtime, when you're not actually playing and you're just kind of doing something else. And the other is... um, you know, uh, what we were just talking about, rules explanations, sort of listening to a long kind of sort of involved explanation of what's being done in a game without even seeing the game. That means sort of for a board gaming podcast, you're actually kind of forcing people to listen about board games without having even seen them or largely having any idea of what you're talking about. So you're disabling yourself to a kind of a large extent, um, uh, even trying to do that. So... Then the next question naturally is, what's the point and should we keep going or just stop now? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it was Frank Zappa who said uh, in relation to uh, uh, music journalism, uh, uh, writing about music is like singing about architecture. Exactly. Uh, But you see, I thought a bit more about it and then I realised, no, we should keep going because um, art thrives on limitations. So, for example... Um, Picasso made bulls out of old bits of string. So we need to play to the limitations and play to the strengths, which means doing what we kind of do already. So that's why in board game podcasts, you tend to get things like topical news or talking about new games that maybe people haven't heard about or controversial events or making announcements about new board game cafes. Um, But is there anything else we can do? Are there any other new ideas? And the only idea I came up with this morning while I was thinking about this was 
doing voices for all the meeples in different games. So if a game could talk, um, what would it sound mm-hmm. like? And that's the future. Okay, well, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll, we'll come back with a voice. I know that's one another aspect of modern detective crime. What's it? Detective modern crime. Uh, that was fun. Was yeah, I get to do different voices of the different characters. So at one point, yes. you went to the salon and uh, interviewed the, the lady there, and she was like, "Oh yeah, she always came in here to get her nails done. Uh, yeah, she, strangely, she always had such had these dreams about dying in a van. And it's like so so odd." See, <laughs> I said, "Honey, I'm, I'm a little bit psychic, honey." And, and you're going to die in a van. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a really good voice. Now, Gavin, for the listener out there, um, is very good at voices. So, for example, what board game was the, that The voice American be? lady was playing the game with us that week. Didn't wasn't impressed with my voice. Wasn't she? <laughs> don't she? <laughs> well, maybe not. Uh, uh, maybe she's hard yeah. to... I don't know. She probably knows American voices <laughs> like better coming yeah. from America uh, and stuff. Um, so, what game would that be? What game would that voice be? It would be Monopoly. I guess so. It could be, yeah, yeah. Could be Monopoly. Could be Irish Monopoly. Like if you talk <laughs> about salad in that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I had a great salad uh, in this salad place. Uh, I can't say the name because uh, that would just be giving it more advertising. But, you know. <laughs> there you are. You <laughs> it was see? a really good salad. It had barely any, uh, <laughs> any E. coli in it. Because <laughs> um, there's a big, uh, big recall on lettuce in the US this week. Was there? Yeah. I didn't know uh, that. Romain lettuce uh, oh, it was all infected with E. coli. So, so it didn't. Topical, topical corner. So it didn't remain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Brexiters are right. <laughs> um, yeah, I could only come up with some ideas of um, voices. So um, would be like, um, I'm going to give this one a go. Just bear with me one sec. We can cut all this uh, preamble out. Um, hello, my name is... Catan, I'm very interesting. My interests are cricket, salad, magazines. Have you got any sheep? There you are, you see? Mm-hmm. There's a board game talking to you. Any others? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I would have thought Catan would be because they're, they're really just like um, uh, colonizers, aren't they? So you shouldn't be doing a sort of a conquistador voice or. <laughs> conquistador voice is very difficult. <laughs> My name is Catan. <laughs> uh, Senor, we have come to, for your sheep. <laughs> if you do not give us wood, we will infect you with uh, viral diseases from Europe. The ghost, Jesus and his love. <laughs> oh, that, that actually sounds more like um, Cards Against Humanity. My name is Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> I gave your daughter chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> and then I turned it into a kind of bad joke. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah I, I get what you're talking about. So, yeah, let's, without the, uh, if any listeners can think of a specific voice or accent that a game would have, an offensive yes. accent that a game might have, uh, <laughs> then please, please let us know. <laughs> okay, so that's pretty much all for this week. Um, oh, oh, I did think of one more game that I played that I wasn't too happy with. Uh, <laughs> so that's not all for this week. So, yeah, There's no, one shock, surprise up. ending. Let me just see if I have the name right. Uh uh, this was uh, Deep Madness, which I believe is back on Kickstarter at the moment. So if you missed out on it the first time around, you have the chance to go and uh, and get it now. Um, uh, I wouldn't recommend you do that, though, because I didn't enjoy the game. <laughs> no? uh, is, that like, is that like Suggs talking about Aristotle? <laughs> it's uh, it's a yeah, sort of... Um, 
it's uh, oh that you've just reminded me of another game actually yeah what uh, Sucks talking about Aristotle uh, no, no, it kept, no it kept reminding me yeah I also played uh, the Mountain of Madness as well this week okay and what's funny in that is mansions no mountains Oh, uh, mountain of madness. Uh, so it's a ma- you're climbing a mountain, and uh, yeah, you keep, but you get actual madness effects that stop what you can do. So you'll yeah. have a card that says you're not allowed to use your thumbs. That's what I had. Uh, <laughs> uh, I couldn't say numbers, so if I if I had to say the number six, I'd have to do an equation instead. I'd have to say like three plus three. That sounds pretty good. Uh, good. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that was good. That was different. I'm not. But the thing was, well, you couldn't. What I kept I funny. The person who was explaining the rules, uh, Sharif, had to keep saying, "Oh, you're not allowed to discuss madness." And I'm like, "But <laughs> they've got such a fine body of work." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, so you're not allowed to say what your madness is. So no one's not supposed to know what your madness is or why you're doing these weird things. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was quite good fun, quite challenging as well. But a little, because again, you have a little egg timer, you turn over, so you've got a very short time and you've got to take your madness into account during this timer. And also, like, everyone's got a, almost like the crisis things in Battlestar Galactica. Everyone's yeah. committing resources to uh, to get to the correct totals on these cards. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, that was good fun. No, no, Deep Madness, the other Madness-themed game was, uh, yeah, again, everything's just Cthulhu for the sake of it these days because it's public domain. Yeah. Uh, so this is, but it's like a sci-fi game. Okay. which is kind of its spin so it's some sort of like sci-fi underwater base that you're on and your team goes in now I wasn't expecting it to be quite so combat heavy but it is it's just like a you're just like it's almost like zombicide type thing where you're just uh, going through uh, like room to room trying to kill things and stuff Yeah, and they just keep coming waves and waves and waves of monsters uh, which wasn't what quite was what I was no. expecting Um Maybe if I'd gone in known as expecting, I wouldn't have been as so disappointed from it. Like, the whole thing is quality looking, like, it's a beautiful presentation, and there are some nice mechanics in it. Like, there's rooms that are flooded, so you have mm-hmm. a little oxygen meter. Yeah. So you have to measure uh, how long you're going to be there because you can start taking damage if your oxygen tank is too low. So you yeah. have to get in and out of the water and things like that. Uh, it's just, yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't fun, though. Like, uh, it was like, I know, I know, you know, I'm not at that. I haven't got that much of a problem with randomness, but this was everything was just dice roll. Oh yeah. So it was like, okay. oh, I had to access this but computer terminal, and you had to roll a dice to do that. And uh, it was like basically a five or six would be a success. Roll that dice seven times and didn't get a success on it. And there's there's no fun in that. Uh, and um, like, there's no way to augment the roll. There's only like you spend like sanity to get a re-roll, mm. which I kept doing. So I did that to the max that I could, and still didn't get it. And so it just felt like a waste of a turn, and I didn't have any fun rolling that dice. It's um, you see, there's different kinds of randomness. So there's like fun randomness, where mm-hmm. the randomness introduces kind of imaginative and different elements to the game itself. And then there's this kind of randomness where you're basically just getting waves of yeah. things attacking you. And the randomness just determines yeah, but whether you'd live or die. Yeah, but that sort of works if, like, your character is, like, I know in Zombicide, I'm not even a fan of Zombicide, but uh, your character levels up mm. as the game goes on and gets better. And in a lot of these type of games, that happens. In this, the only way you get better is uh, if you get, like, better equipment. Like, if you get a better gun or something. And mm. you get that by searching. And, again, it's a random deck what you'll get. Yeah. And so, again, this is randomless whether you're going to be stronger or not, but... Uh, it's not random that the there's going to be more and more monsters coming so the game is getting harder and you're the same strength essentially as when you came in maybe not maybe you'll have a better weapon because you've spent part of your turn picking something off the floor or you spent your entire turn rolling a dice seven times to, so like to pu- achieve nothing <laughs> it's like a push your luck thing was rolling uh, yeah dice. yeah and it's just like I don't know all these mechanics could have just but there's so much better mechanics for like combat that don't have to be terribly complicated no. right? and it just could have been it just never felt fun and which is a shame because it, it has excellent presentation and 
there's there is some nice mechanics in it like the oxygen thing and that like because um, you see the thing is with that is it's um it just forces you to go one step beyond really <laughs> yes I certainly uh, I certainly didn't didn't have welcome to this house of fun with that <laughs> game <laughs> I got the last train to Cairo last boat to Cairo even uh, of course you know what the first sign of madness is oh come on it's, it's, there could be so many answers to that joke it's Suggs walking up your driveway yeah <laughs> oh, and with that amazing joke we should leave it there <laughs> <laughs> so yeah thanks to everyone thanks to everyone over the past five years we've been coming to these silly little meetups um, um, so especially shout out to Paul yes because he's there coming, right from the beginning yeah 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 right from the beginning uh, and uh and um yeah yeah so and here's to another five years uh that's, yeah that's who knows where we'll be in 2023 we'll be holograms maybe we'll black out dublin we'll be holograms <laughs> in, in in space <laughs> yes uh, yeah yeah no and uh, it would have to be no don't get me started on holograms people call things holograms that aren't holograms and it really annoys me but okay but that's i'm not even do they don't get me into that yeah yeah like they say oh look it's elvis's hologram or a, a hologram of tupac Shakur. it's not it's just a projection it's not a hologram they're not holograms they're not holograms oh not, not hologram. Word, word, words mean things <laughs> so okay so that's all for this week thank you Frank alright uh, cheers thank you to Lada for coming in uh, you can check, check out her funded campaign uh, so yeah that's all for this week and team tune 